When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's uh, number one sportsbook app, uh, joined by John Schuster, uh, Brad Alice. I am Mike Luke. Arizona vanquishes uh, ASU, um, beats them uh, for the first time in five years. And guys, I don't care what happens here, and we're going to get to all your comments. A win is a win is a win here. Arizona got five wins on the season, which I think going into the year, if you were on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, we were told you to take the over. Five wins to me was a big was, is a big improvement, John Schuster. I'm beyond, before we get to that, and we've got all kinds of time to dissect that and a lot of stuff to dissect throughout the course of uh, what happened today. This is one of the more entertaining games in this series that I can recall in quite some time. And considering that you had a three and eight football team that was trying to figure things out in a in a rocky, not even a roller coaster of a season, it was pretty much in the valley the entire time. Uh, and an Arizona team that had just been bounced from bowl eligibility. The two teams played a rivalry game in the way that I think you would like to see these games matched up. A lot of the games recently have been, you know, frankly, pretty lopsided, or even if uh, both teams weren't particularly good, and in a lot of the cases, Arizona was bad, uh, you had outcomes that were pretty predictable to what you expected. I think the last two or three years, for example, in this five-game ASU winning streak, uh, you'd have Arizona being competitive for about 20 minutes, you know, so somewhere in that neighborhood, 30, 40 minutes, and then it kind of get away from them in the end. But uh, this was a just in terms of entertainment value, the emotion involved and a lot of factors and big plays back and forth. This was a hell of a football game and uh, sure. Arizona getting uh Getting a W in really interesting fashion was uh, nice, obviously, for Wildcat fans as uh, the U of A gets to five wins and feels very good heading into season three of the Jed Fish era. William? To me, this game was sort of a microcosm of the season. A lot of fun, very frustrating, a lot of positives, things that are maddening. Um, and I guess that's kind of what you are when you're a five-win football team. Um, first and foremost, getting to five wins, I think, is an accomplishment. And I think there's a lot of work to do for Jed Fish and his staff, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think there are a lot of things you can take away from this game as positives towards next season, including uh, young Jacob Manu. Right. Every time I doubt that kid, he proves Seriously, it Seriously, man. Um, that, you know, 
forced a couple big plays. Of course, the turnover that sealed the game. Um, but there are a lot of question marks on this team. And, and, and frankly, if we're going to be honest, ASU should have won this football game. Um, Arizona forced a lot of turnovers. Uh, they ran 30-some-odd plays more than Arizona. With I just read on the uh, that right-hand column there, um, 41 first downs for ASU. At times, they looked inept on defense, and I'm not. I'm talking the scheme, right? I mean, their zone when they ran zone was just picked apart. But that every single said, time you had a receiver just sit down in that like yeah. those little pockets. Yeah, and, and credit ASU. I think a lot of that was by design, running multiple guys in there. On the other hand, let's put Michael Wiley. He I think gets to join Trung. I think he gets to join Chuck Cecil, James Debeau, Dan White in legends of this series and you know in fact my only complaint with michael wiley is he didn't get to play more and i i know there's some speculation out there he might have uh pulled something on that long uh pass play but man what 216 yards on the ground maybe been 214 after that last play several touchdowns the receptions i mean he just put himself in the lore of uh of the of this game and uh you know good to see it because i think wiley's been a guy who's been up and down but when he's on He's a really good running back, and when you compare him with the other two, uh, that's a fun group um, when, when they can get the blocks, and they got the blocks today. You know, what's also really impressive, too, for me is this is a game that it just felt like Arizona was going to lose. These are games that in the past that Arizona finds a way to lose, and they got a big victory. Again, they forced turnovers. Um, the offense was not – it didn't hit on all cylinders. Delora cert, certainly wasn't one of his better games, but you had a, lot, you had a great ground game. And again, these are, you know, I'm, these are w- games that Arizona traditionally loses, John Schuster. Well, you had two teams that put up 500 yards. The, the reality on the other side is that, take this for what it's worth, ASU is saying the same thing. They, they had to play uh, pretty, this is, I think if you're looking at this from the ASU perspective, and obviously in this postgame, we're generally not, uh, you had an you had an Arizona team that was that had the offensive firepower to score quickly, and to a large degree, it felt like ASU wasn't really equipped to maintain to be consistent enough offensively to get things going. So it felt as though if Arizona could get two possessions up, especially in the second half, the way that ASU plays and needed to play offensively, they probably were going to run out of time. What happened instead? is that it was Arizona's defense, which was largely dreadful throughout the course of this game, making two immense turnovers in the fourth quarter that ultimately uh, sealed the deal when ASU had opportunities. So ASU may have been able to win this game if they had committed four turnovers, which is absurd, and ultimately couldn't get the W when they committed five. So credit to the Wildcat defense in that regard for doing the thing that they've needed to do throughout the course of the year because the reality is they aren't very good. Uh, and, and for Arizona to be competitive in games, generally speaking, they had to force turnovers, which they did well when they were three and one at the beginning of the year. And then that leveled off pretty significantly, but they did a very good job of that forcing five turnovers, which were necessary today. Uh, considering that uh, every last one of them was necessary and and considering that both defenses gave up 500 yards today. Uh, So Arizona was able to do that and do just enough to get a hard fought hard fought W again in a game. Whereas I don't know how many outsiders were, you know, how many sports degenerates were necessarily watching the territorial cup between a three and a four win team on a Friday afternoon. 
But if they were, they got a hell of a football game. No they joke. got a game that was just, at, at the very least, entertaining. And it was kind of weird in that it started out sort of slow. ASU did a good job, obviously, of milking clock and kind of hanging around. Looked like Arizona was going to run away with it early, and then they made a couple mistakes. And, and it was 14-10 at the half. It's like, ah, it's okay. And not terribly motivated. And then the third quarter starts. And about halfway through the third quarter, you start to think, we may be in for a pretty Exactly. Interesting football game here. Right. And sure enough, it delivered. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird too. Like every time I tried to convince myself that this was going to be a 10 point win either way, you realize that generally that isn't what happens in these type of games. I mean, heck, you could even go back to 98 when, you know, Trung has that massive game and it still wasn't a total blowout by any means. But, you know, um, this is, that just doesn't happen. And these teams aren't very good, but this is a legitimate rivalry there, William. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's good to see it get back to that. Last year, we saw Arizona, again, like she said, competitive for 20 minutes. It was probably 35 minutes last year, but um, it hasn't been as competitive lately. Um, he's right. They're usually out of these games pretty early. And in the terms of the 70-7 to game, they were probably out of it uh, on, on Thursday afternoon. <laughs> um, what I take away from this one is, though, the, neither of these are very good football teams, but I think, you know, Arizona – could make more mistakes in a way and, and still win this game. Arizona's you take away the turnovers. And I know that's the defining moment. And ASU was better um, maybe on both sides of the ball, but Arizona did commit to, you know, make the turnovers. They did, um, you know, tip balls. They did put just enough pressure on Borgay to force a couple of those turnovers. And for most of the day, that kid had a clean pocket, um, and, and did a really good job finding receivers. But Arizona was able to just make a couple more plays. And again, as you guys both know, the big playability of Arizona was key. Because um, as we have seen, you know, this was, we can go back to the Stoops era, where that was his defensive philosophy. If, you know, if we can make you run nine plus plays on a drive, odds are you're going to mess up somewhere. And uh, ASU did that enough times for Arizona uh, to take advantage. But um, if you want to look at positives, a lot of these guys are coming back. There's a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. There is some young talent on defense, but they're going to have to bolster that. But if you're looking at Manu, you're looking at, um, you know, what was it? So did Savea had the big fumble return. Manu, not, right. uh, you know, M Manu had the big tip. A couple of the DBs made some nice plays. Taylor made that nice play at the end to gather that ball in. And that was not uh, an easy ball to gather in, in that kind of moment. So, yeah, there's some good things. A lot of work to be done, but probably just tinkering on offense. And that's the good news is, you know, Arizona can go in next year and at the bare minimum, you know, try to outscore people. And if they yeah, can and, find and honestly, some transfers, make some things happen on defense. And honestly, yes, the defense was dreadful for the overwhelming majority of the game. In the fourth quarter, though, you know, you were able to get some stops. I also think what, well, at least what impressed me, though, about the offense was getting this win and this is the first time that Arizona has gotten a win where Jaden Delora, with the exception of North Dakota State, where Jaden Delora wasn't good. All the other games that Arizona won, Jaden Delora was really good, whether that was Colorado, whether that was. Um, yeah, any me, of a number of ones that you can pick up off the top yeah, of your head. Right? Yeah, this was yeah. the first game where, where he was off his game. And the defense for three quarters was atrocious, and Arizona still got the win. Granted, Michael Wiley was absolutely fantastic, but it was a huge. This was a, this was a huge win for these guys, just all the way around. I think, considering the circumstances. Yeah, that's an exceptional point. I think at the beginning Lex. of the yeah the beginning. 
Jeez, you can see the head filling the screen right now. Uh, well, my the, plant game is strong back I've, here. I've, so I've, heard, I've heard those rumors. <laughs> I've read those rumors, too. Um, but uh, one of the things we talked about, I think, early on in the season is that where Arizona was was, was, go- was going to rely more specifically on Dolores' ability to be good or whether he was going to be bad. And that was going, if you wanted to look at a specific number that related to Arizona's success, that was probably going to be the easiest number to look at. And it was, and obviously in college football, the quarterback game is significant pretty much regardless of what school you are. But Arizona is still working and trying to develop some other ways to win. And as a result of that, I think the pendulum swings were probably going to be more dramatic with Delora performances. So if you came into this game think looking at Delora's line at the end, you're really concerned about Arizona's chances of getting a W. And in that regard, Mike and Brad, it is a good uh, it is a good showing for the U of A to find other ways uh, to get a win, and obviously forcing the turnovers defensively. And as you guys noted, uh, Wiley, those were two key components necessary to get it done. Two, th- two things real quick, Brad, and then I'll, we'll get to you. Um, uh, there's a number of people watching on Twitter. If you want to switch over to YouTube, totally your call. But if you want to switch over to uh, YouTube and comment, get in on this. We got Rudy Bastille's talking about my plants, all kinds of good stuff right hey, here. Hey, Mike, I've got a question for you beforehand. What? As far as switching over to YouTube, is there a search that's specifically necessary that helps people to find this live? I have had questions in that regard. That would be a Jacob Franklin question. Let's add Jacob into this right here. Hello, Jacob. My audio is not good enough for this, Mike. Get me out of here. All right. We'll, we'll figure, <laughs> I we'll, thought his audio we'll, was great. I thought it was great. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, that's, a great, that's a great question. We'll get that I didn't mean out. to throw you a curve, a curve on that in regards to, you know, that's something that obviously be dealt with later. But it has been a conversation that I've come Jacob, come text me that if you could. That'd be awesome. Anyway, um, please go All on. right. Now, real quick. Have I told you guys about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX? Have I told you? Uh, yes. Yes, you have. Not today and not All in right. this well, broadcast. Not, you know what? So here's the deal. I'm going to run it by you again. Here's the deal. The DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. New customers can make just bet $5 on any NBA game money line and get $200 if your team wins. If that's not enough, you could also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. What's the code word? William, Shoe was in it already. What's the code word? PHNX. All right, you know the drill. And again, use promo code PHNX. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and, let's see here, and the four peaks. Well, again, most people think the Four Peaks is the U- University of Arizona basketball uh, quartet up front. They would be right, but it is also, it is also, to be honest with you, the big the big part of it is you got beer, the official brew of PHNX Sports. It's downtown in Tempe. They got all kinds of good watch parties down there. And if you want to go there and root against ASU, hop in there. It's a good time. Also. We got it down here at the Tap and Bottle Watch Party. So if you want to go up to Tempe or you want to come down here, we got uh, Four Peaks Brew on tap ready to rock and roll. Okay. Now, William, you're up. Oh, it looks like we got the big dog in here. Oh, 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 oh. back the A, baby. Let's go, baby. Back the A. Right. All right, William, what were you going to say? And then Saul, we'll get to you. 
Although Delore did not have a good game, he wasn't awful. And that was, I think, key because ASU never could sell out for the run because he was just good enough. He moved the ball well. You know, the one interception really wasn't his fault. It was a really nice tip play by ASU. Um, so ASU was never able to do the eight and nine in the box because he was able to keep them honest. The other thing I thought was a little bizarre for much of the game, ASU kept their D line a yard off the ball. And I haven't seen that much except on obvious passing downs where you're trying to get a burst of speed. And I thought Arizona did a really good job exploiting that because if you're getting hit full speed by an offensive lineman, um, it's kind of hard to make plays. And that's why so many of those plays, even when they weren't huge gains, were still you know plays by the linebackers and the safety. So Arizona, I think, exploited a few things. So the good news was Delara, not great but not as bad as he was last week. And Arizona was able to kind of game plan around it. And, and conversely, ASU was never able to fully sell out for the run, uh, even though maybe in hindsight they should have tried it to see what would happen. Saul, what did you think about the win, considering all the rampant cheating that was going on by ASU? Oh, Jesus Christ, this, <laughs> this guy. Hey, listen, I, listen, first of all, you must be 21 and older to drink four peaks. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, Mike, you got to put the disclaimer on the end. You right. just never know who's going to partake in Show some notes in the description. Uh, there you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then second of all, thank you, Jose and Tina. Appreciate the love. Uh, listen, I thought this, this game was – I mean, I'm just kind of tired of both programs being shit. Um, I, I want these games to mean more. And um, U of A, yes, they're 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 trajecting in the in the in the positive direction. Obviously, they got to shore up the defense big time. I don't know if that means replacing the defensive coordinator for now. What would be a third straight season? But uh, on that side of the ball, that they were they were very lucky to come out with the win today for sure. Um, but you know, to to Brad's point, like this this is a rivalry game. You know, and and these games, you just never know what's going to happen. They're kind of funky. Um, today I felt like whoever had the ball last was going to win. Um, and it looked like it was playing out to that degree until the very last drive. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Trent Morgan was, was phenomenal, but that was in large part because of just a lack of execution defense uh, on the defensive side, all the way across the board. So I'm happy we got the win. Nice to break the streak, but overall still, still wanting more, uh, and from both programs, to be honest with you, because these games got to be more as we move forward, especially we move over to the big 12. Is there Saul, any, yeah, I can't go ahead and shoot. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to ask Saul a couple questions. One in, in regards to the specific moment, I think you're exactly right. You want both programs to be a lot more competitive, but in the moment today, it's hard to ask for a more entertaining football game as much yeah. as you can nitpick. The second thing, did you steal that blue paint from the U of A athletic department? <laughs> that stuff is spot on. Hey, listen, uh, when sharp. I'm going to paint my wall and I'm going to paint it uh, uh, U of A blue, I'm going to hex code the shit out of it and make sure I get the right tint. And that is exactly the U of A blue. Of course, I got to represent all the time. Man, no, I've been in Saul's house. There. It's very impressive. <laughs> um, all right. What was I going to tell you? Uh, all right. Hey, Jacob. Uh, oh, real, uh, Jacob, let's get to a uh, buy the numbers real quick right here. Let's see what let's see what we got right here. Okay, and that kind of shows you what we're talking about right here. And then uh, Brad uh, brought it up as well. ASU throws for 176 more yards, is penalized 30 less, but the five turnovers right there. This is a game that Arizona State could absolutely – probably should have won, and it's a game that Arizona generally loses. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, Arizona got that dub. And, um, again, going into the year – 
with, and I think this is a little bit to Saul's point, going into the year, uh, the offseason with five wins, to me, that is a huge step forward for Arizona. Because you've got to remember here, when Jed Fish took over this program, we were in the midst of a 12-game losing streak. You also, and one win in the first year, you bring in a top 25 recruiting class, you get five wins that second year. And again, this these numbers right here aren't necessarily indicative of how this team played this year, at least offensively. But things, guys, are headed in the right direction. I'm more than, you know, Saul, from an outsider, you know, well, not an outsider perspective, but from the GM perspective. Um, what do you what do you see big picture right now? No, I, I think I think you're exactly right. I think if 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 Jetfish is somehow able to pull in another top class in the Pac-12 slash top 25. Um, now you're, you're starting to, to separate yourselves from the rest of the pack because now you're going to have two or three years of back-to-back-to-back recruiting um, that are going to solidify your entire program. you got so many young guys in this program, as it is already, that are going to learn from this experience. And this experience was, listen, Vegas had them, the over-under, I believe, was two and a half. They doubled that. They Where could you that. get that, though? Where could you get that deal on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? What, what's the code word? PHNX, baby. Go ahead. Um, and so, so I think obviously they 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 have exceeded expectations. I know they teased us a little bit with the bowl game uh, last week, and possibly you know that that being something they play for today. But overall, I'm really excited to see what's about to happen. I'm excited about the the trajectory of the program. Um, I love the pieces that they have in play and the pieces that they're going to pull in uh, because I think what you're starting to see is the more better the the, the better athletes that come in. It's just going to make that competition even more fierce in the offseason and in training camp um, before you get to that first game. And that's what you need. That's what you need to build a phenomenal program. You can't be, you know, your depth can't be one across the board. It's got to be two, three, four. It has to be in layers. That's what the Oregons have. That's what USC has. And I think Arizona is trying its hardest to, to compete with those those types of programs. And like I said, I think the future is very bright. Chu, uh, Arizona, again, uh, the one thing about it going into the year, we talked about it. If you give up yards, you got to force turnovers. Um, They did force five turnovers in this game. Um, The defense looked a little bit better the last couple weeks, except obviously the first three quarters, it was absolutely atrocious. What are you looking for this offseason? What are you looking for, you know, going into next year? Uh, To see how many of these guys develop between, uh, you know, the relatively limited experience they had this year and who the hell are you going to bring in? Uh, Arizona was able to uh, make big leaps on the offensive end because they went outside and brought in some skilled, talented players. Are they going to be able to have that sort of success on the defensive end? I think that's going to be probably the thing that is viewed most notably uh, in the offseason from a recruiting and overall development standpoint. And Arizona along the lines, and again, it's something we've talked about before in every football program that is not very good to mediocre to okay has the same problem. Uh, you're trying to find uh, good line play on both sides of the ball. You looked at today's game where Arizona's defensive line made first contact and then you'd give up another four or five yards. That's been a refrain for Arizona's defense here for far too long. Uh, and again, it's also the refrain for a lot of bad football teams and a lot of bad football programs. So those are certainly <laughs> sure. areas. Those are certainly areas where, uh, you, you know, Arizona, I think, is very aware of the improvement uh, that is necessary. That's the longer term goal. The confusion that took place today, which is also something that's probably going to play into other issues as well and, and has been discussed. 
the pressure on the quarterback was atrocious. Let's start with atrocious. That that's a good A word, and then we can work our way down the uh, alphabet from there. Uh, Borgay, who had set up one of those days that you're going to talk about at the bar, drinking four peaks for the next 60 years, and everybody around you is going to be annoyed when Borgay brings up the time that he was the walk-on quarterback from Marana, who then came into Tucson and uh, was able to pull off the big upset victory against mighty Arizona at home when he threw 400 yards. Uh, that was setting up to be... He had a, he he was extraordinary, but nobody touched him until the last two drives, where Arizona put a little bit more pressure on him uh, and tried to force the action successfully. Uh, but but like you guys also noted, whatever the hell Arizona was doing as far as its zone was concerned, and I know ASU did a really nice job sending the first receiver through and then opening thing, things up underneath. But Arizona fell for that for the entire game, and 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 when you combine those two things. It's not hard to see why you gave up 500 yards and needed five turnovers to win. So scheme in the offseason and how they approach some things, I think is going to be very interesting. Uh, a couple of the folks have commented about, uh, you know, where things go from an overall coaching standpoint. But obviously, the big thing is the talent that you're going to try to bring into this program. And while Arizona did a really good job offensively in regards to that in the offseason, now we have to see if they can step up uh, comparably uh, on the defensive side to see if they can make the next step. Yeah, Brad, my problem with my problem defensively too, besides they're not great, is there's really no discipline here. How many games would you watch where their guy was thrown out of bounds, where it extended a play, it had a touchdown, a late hit, personal fouls? That this team isn't good enough to be able to get away with those kind of things, and it happened game in and game out this year. In, you know, when we used to talk about – you remember when Sean Miller would always say, I'm going to speed up the offense, and somehow the players, <laughs> and somehow the players took that to being jack up bad shots early in the possession, and so then he'd have to pull it back. I'm, I think this team – I think they want to be such ball hawks. They want to be so aggressive, but they don't realize hitting a guy on the boundary when he's clearly running out of bounds is not being aggressive. It's being stupid. Um, they're confusing – aggressive late hits for aggressive ball hawking defense. And, and I think that's a major problem. That is something that is on the coaches to, to coach out of it. Um, it is on the players to, to be more situationally aware. Uh, that being said, you know, some guys are just never going to get it. And that's what we have. That's what this off season has to be. You have to figure out because with the transfer portal, with some of the changes in scholarships, you can weed guys out more than you ever could before. Um, I think that's what a Arizona has to do. They have to figure out, you know, who are, who are some head cases there? Who are guys who might have that raw athletic ability? Because I'll tell you what, you know, we mentioned a lot. Jacob Manu is not the most gifted athlete out there. Now, some of that right. is just his natural uh, limitations in size. But, man, that kid knows how to play football. What he makes up, what he lacks in not being 6'2", he makes up for in, in heart and hustle. What he lacks in maybe in flat-out speed, and get, don't get me wrong, he's quick. Uh, he makes up for just knowing where to be. Um, and I actually, it was funny because I actually thought he screwed up on that last play. I thought he hit Borgay too high. I thought, well, why is he not drilling him in the stuff? Well, because he made him tip the ball. Um, right. And by tackling him high, he forced the, the flutter as opposed to maybe he gets the sack. 
Um, but yeah, so he did things like that. To me, when we're looking at Nansen and the and the crew, I think me to me, it's not so much scheme, it's not even so much development, it's adjustments. I don't see the wholesale adjustment sometimes you need in college football. Right. Um, how many times they get beat by what well, appeared to be, and again, ASU's mixing things up. It's not as simple as they didn't run the same play 18 times, but they probably ran it 12 times. Um, Arizona just never seemed to adjust. Or if ASU put a wrinkle on it, they did. They couldn't see that wrinkle coming. And I think that right. to me is a big concern because when you look at the USC game, did it ever look like USC really had to dip deep in the playbook? No. Um, Washington, you know, Cal did. Cal had to make some adjustments. But that to me is the biggest problem. So right. you got to figure that out in the offseason. Maybe that's. Maybe you got to get rid of a coach and bring in, uh, you know, a cantankerous old coach because you know Don Brown made adjustments. Um, they just didn't have the talent always to so, deal with it. So, so you, so you uh, mentioned I, you, yeah. Go well, ahead. Sorry, I, I want I want to add on to that. Okay, I think there's two things that Jed Fish is solely going to be responsible when it uh, responsible for when it comes to the defense. Number one, uh, was it schematic? Was it just a lack of awareness on where guys should be and what uh, what? Uh, lineups to send out there on on a given play and down right I think that's that's what you saw a, a lot of that today where it was just like guys were just completely out of position or we're, we're running a zone and guys don't really know where they're supposed to be and there's big gaps and or you know guys are wide open in the same area of the field time and time again and we're not making any adjustments to that that's number one Jed Fish has got to figure out if that's a coaching problem or not right number two development and I saw too many times this is where I'm going to keep going over and over again. To me, when, when I look at a coach, I don't necessarily go to the scheme part first. I look at the fundamentals of the players that he has. And too many times for my liking, I saw guys that were in perfect position to make tackles flat-footed. And they weren't yeah. attacking. And they were waiting for the guy to make a move. And it, it, Trenton Borgay, I love him to death. Great kid. I've met him several times. I, one of my favorite – kids ever in the Tucson area there's no reason why he should be able to do what he did today on the ground right and key times yeah. of the game like he did today because there was plenty of times guys were in position to be able to stop it so those are the two things I would say and I would say largely that the defense did perform better last year under Don Brown than they did this year but again Don Brown was a very emphatic kind of coach he was out there he was yelling at guys he was trying to get guys into position so they played hard a lot of times they were in position but they just didn't have the manpower and they didn't have the athletic ability to be able to match up with a lot of the teams that they had to face so it's just again like there those are the two things that Jed Fish is gonna have to figure out but I'm confident that he will because he has shown yeah. that he will adjust from year to year and he will listen he's going to live on that recruiting trail all summer long trying to get guys in here all spring long uh, to try and turn this thing around because he knows he knows how how important that is to the program to turn that defense around because to me I feel like Arizona had one of the best defense uh, offenses in the country um, and I think they slipped up a little bit you know they kind of cost themselves from time to time but it's also because they had to be on the field and the, like the weight of of every game was on their shoulders basically and so I think if you can even it out it, it's it's really going it's going to prove its benefits and I think Jet Fish will figure it out. One thing I can assure you about Mr. Saul Bookman is he is not a procrastinator, but 
if he was a procrastinator and he was saying to himself, where could I get tickets for this game? Where oh, could like I last go- week? What's that? Yeah. You mean like last week when like I last showed week. up at the game and I needed some tickets and I bought yeah. them on the that, game times? Uh, exactly. Where You know what? There's a reason he's the GM right here. So here's the deal. So Saul's saying to himself, all right, I need tickets last second. Where would I go? And I'd like to spend a little bit less if possible as well. You go on to game time. You can get tickets up to 60% off. Saul's done it before. We've had people on this very post game talk about doing it as well. So again, they have it for concert venues, for sports, you name it. Game time can help you out right there. So the best way to do it, check out the link in the description, because if you buy your tickets through game time in the link in the description, it helps out the good folks here at PHNX as well. Check it out again. If it's good enough for Saul Bookman, it's good enough for you out there. It's good enough for anybody. That sounded like a backhanded remark. but <laughs> Well, hey, listen, I bought eight tickets for $96 last week, and I sat in the eighth row uh, in the corner of the end zone to watch Washington State beat us last last week. Um, it wasn't the best outcome, but it trust me, it was worth the money because the view was fantastic. I even posted about it on my, uh, on my, on my Twitter, so check it out. Um, guys, I've got to run, but Chew – uh, Brad, I appreciate you guys so much. Hey, real quick, real quick. We got one more read that you can definitely help us with here. You can help us more with anybody. More furniture, MOR furniture. They helped you. They helped a lot out up, up in Phoenix. Give a little yeah. description of the folks at More Furniture. I mean, they're fantastic. I mean, we have couches, we have seats, we have, and they're all comfortable. They're all nice, high quality, and they got a nice Black Friday sale going on right now. I think it's up to, up to 40 or 50% off. Basically, every holiday that comes up, they have a sale going for it because they're trying to give it all back to the people and that's what we're all about too so uh more furniture go to morefurniture.com save yourself morefurniture.com yep morefurniture.com guys thank you so much appreciate it be well appreciate you bro all right morfurniture.com all right guys now let's get to a little bit of what um what needs to happen then this off from an off. I want to talk about the offense because the offense is really what kind of carried this team throughout the year. And the offense really kind of sputtered here in this last couple games. Granted on the ground, Michael Wiley looked very good, but Delora did not look good. This last, uh, these last two weeks, what, what do you need to see from him this off season? And should there be an open quarterback competition? Well, I mean, there's always a, uh an air quotes open quarterback competition. You know what I mean? Seem, it would seem hard for me to fathom that Delora isn't the uh, overwhelming favorite uh, going into next season. And, and he earned it. Uh, what does Arizona need on the defensive end? It's something that's been discussed uh, a lot. Uh, they need headphones that don't fall out of your ears. Uh, and uh, a couple other things that uh, would benefit them as well is that, there's an aspect of physicality that happens when you talk regularly about a team that struggles in the red zone. Well, why does why do teams struggle in the red zone? Usually that's because of your offensive line. So Arizona needs, uh, if, if they can upgrade or the players that they have on the roster are able to take the step into next year, then uh, I think that's obviously helpful uh, for Arizona. Wiley's uh, performance today was good. And that's the type of thing that can help you with the physicality and uh, variety necessary, I think, in today's game uh, to be able to score on a pretty consistent basis. So Arizona clearly made big strides offensively this year. Uh, Do I think they're, like Saul does, one of the better offenses in the country? Yeah, he and I would probably differ on that. Uh, But there's obviously talent on this roster and should be more talent heading into 
uh, the years ahead. You hope for more consistency from Delora. And you hopefully offensively don't need to rely on Delora consistently to be great to give you Ws. But a lot of that, I think, starts on the line and ho- hopefully finding another physical uh, skill player or two. Brad, can you win games consistently with Jaden Delora having to be the guy game in and game out? Yeah, you can. And I oh. think that's, you know, she and I especially remember times. Is Jaden Delora, if he left tomorrow with this season, a top five quarterback in, in modern school history? I think he is. I yeah. think that's kind of how spoiled we are, too, because when he's great, he's great. Now, he's got flaws to his game, but I mean, the guy is going to finish with 3,700 yards this year, I think. I think he finished with 200 days at 3,500 coming in. Um, you know, he's 30 a total touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I said it, I think it was last week or the week before you're going to expect two really bad plays. He really kind of avoided really bad plays today. Uh, he just wasn't sharp. And, you know, I think some of that might've been play calling. Frankly, the, 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 there's that second and sh- third in a row where they went deep on both plays. I thought I was seeing Khalil Tate out there. Um, <laughs> but Yes, it can be better. And he needs to have a good, really good offseason, another year with the offense. Frankly, I think, you know, I think we're still seeing the evolution of Jed Fish play caller. Um, he's 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 certainly not, you know, a finished product in that regard. And there's sometimes he's frustrating, like running out of the shotgun on fourth and uh, half a yard. And- All right, I got to stop you right there. I, wa- I, wa- I want to get your guys' opinion on this again, because that's where I wanted to get to. Why can't this team do anything in short yardage? And is it ever? Is it just because the, you know, the O-line isn't good enough? I can't believe it's because the running backs aren't good enough. Like, why can't this team ever get a yard when they need to get a yard? I think part of it is the O-line. And, but I think part of it is, I just think they outthink that they either go too simple or too come. There's a play early in the game where they're in the red zone and they ran a misdirection play with Delora tried to throw it across the field, the singer, and it had already been blown up. That was Arizona overthinking it because at that point you do just hand it off to Wiley, but yes, you need to get more advanced. But again, that's to me the biggest, again, if we're going to have a criticism of Jed fish, short yardage in the red zone is it because to me it's what was it? It was fourth and less than one and you need a yard. So you're going to line your quarterback up in the shotgun, put your running back behind him. And I like the fullback up there. Um, Why is he just under center? And why don't you just ride the center's butt up for a yard? Or why don't you hand off to Wiley three yards off the ball, not seven or off the line of scrimmage. So to me, yes, some of it is on the line. Cause I still don't think the line is great. I think it's good. I think it's much better than it has been. Uh, but to me, and we're going back to your original question, that's the biggest thing they still have to address in the off season. Um, this is this is all on the line. I, I I think almost most of this is on the line. Uh, let's use a couple plays as an example here in fourth down that I think are kind of interesting. Uh, because as far as what the actual play was that Arizona ran, that's a macho fourth down play. But you run that play if you have the personnel to make it happen because everybody in the stadium knows you're going to be macho and you're going to try to run for a half yard. And your running back had 200 yards today. So it's not a bad play call. It, But the problem is that Arizona on the front doesn't have the personnel to do that. So what do you perhaps do in that situation? Maybe, maybe. You line up in a formation similar to what you did, heavy guy in the back and Wiley behind that, where everybody in the building knows that you're going to 
run the football up the middle and just try to be physical in that regard. And instead, maybe you run Delora out with a tight end who goes outside, who gives you an option. You see if Delora can pick up a couple yards in that regard, which is what ASU did uh, on a big fourth and down, uh, a fourth and two in the second uh, in, in the second quarter. And on that play, Arizona defensively had it stuffed out. They ran the quarterback out to the right. They had a receiver out there. The receiver was covered. They had a one-on-one play, and uh, the Arizona defender, the safety, missed the tackle, and the quarterback was able to get the yardage necessary to continue the drive. So those are individual plays here and there that are one-on-one circumstances or based on the talent that you have on the roster. And Arizona, I don't... I'm really not disappointed with the call that Arizona, it, it made sense. You're, you're in a rivalry game. You're trying to show you're the tougher team. You're, you know, you have an opportunity to close the thing out and you put the running back back there. You put a fullback back there. You just try to be physical to get a half yard. And Arizona doesn't have the personnel on the offensive line uh, to do it. Could they have mixed it up a little bit and been successful? Yeah. But ultimately that's a talent issue as much as it is a, I think, play calling issue. Because if Arizona makes that play, which is a very basic play to make, if Arizona makes that play, we're talking about how tough and macho and awesome Arizona is because they just shoved it down. ASU's throat at the end when it really mattered and all that other stuff. So it's just that Arizona, I think, is a little just notably undermanned on the front right now. And that's an area that they have to improve on. And maybe in a year or two, if that same situation presents itself, Arizona picks up the first down and we're talking about how the talent has moved up and maybe how Jed Fish is the most incredible short yardage uh, play caller in the history of short yardage play callers. You know, Jose makes a good point. Jose uh, Roman or Roman. uh, Jose L. Roman Jr. Yeah. And I've met him. He's a really good guy. Um, uh, The play before they had, they had the first down and, and Williams tripped. Uh, he stumbled. Now, they didn't hold their blocks long enough that he could strip and, and, and stumble forward for a few extra yards, but the play was there. So it would have been a moot point. But I think the bigger thing is, yes, you it still comes down, yeah, the offensive line play. They need to evaluate the offensive line. They need to figure out who's coming back. Um, you know, is Morgan going to come back and, and for uh, for another year? If not, they probably are going to have to look JC or transfer portal unless they're really – you know, because it's hard. To, I would say if they're really optimistic about a young guy, but they're playing two of the young guys. They're playing Mo and and Savanea. So I think to me, if there's anything on the offensive side of the ball that needs to be addressed, uh, it is certainly bolstering the offensive line. Because you know, and I don't know if Williams has another year or not. I, but he does. The, he does. So they can all very, come back. At the very least, you've got Wiley, Coleman, and Speedy. Oh, you didn't say it. Um, <laughs> fam. Hashtag uh, fam. Plus whatever other young guys you've got, you know, coming in that, you know, they've, they've recruited pretty well, you know, wide receiver wise, even if you lose Cowings, I thought it was interesting. He didn't walk with the the seniors today. Right. They um, think he, they can, they think that he might come back. So we'll see. Yeah. So, you know, that gives you those three plus the young guys. And, and let me address this. And I, and I, there is a narrative going out there. That, you know, one reason Kevin Green is not playing is he needs additional work in the strength and conditioning program. But he's the quote-unquote same size as Cowing. Would you be quoting the shaman by any chance? Possibly. But here's the thing. How old is Jacob Cowing? He's like 22, 23. Yeah. How old is Kevin Green Jr.? 18. 18. 
Mike, you know, shoe, I know they didn't even have weight rooms when she was 18. Did you get bigger and stronger? Shoe lifted rocks when he was building the pyramids. Um, that's okay. I ordered my weights out of the back of a comic book because guys were kicking sand in my face. But anyone who's you, you get stronger and thicker when you're older. Right. Um, so two guys at 180. Definitely thicker. Thick, but if, uh, an eighteen-year-old at one eighty and a and a and a twenty-three-year-old at one eighty are going to have different builds. Conversely, everyone's different. So some guys will wear, you know, six foot one seventy-five and look like a big, strong, grown man. And other guys will look like a string being at that same weight because guys carry weight different. And we've heard that, you know, over for other guys in this strength and conditioning program. You can't just look at the weights. You have to look at how strong are they? How rugged are they? How much muscle is it? How much fat is it? So for a lot of these guys are transforming their bodies. And some look at Omar Ballo. Let's just look at Omar. He came in as a big, strong man. Right. Last year. Guess what? He's a leaner, bigger, stronger man than he right. was a year ago. Um Yet on paper, he's smaller. So how can he be strong? Oh, another year in the strength and conditioning program. So when you see guys, and if you hear coaches say guys need a year in the weight room, it's not about putting on X amount of pounds. It's about putting on a certain quality of muscle to make them more durable. Because Jonah Coleman didn't need it. Um, Speedy probably does need it, yet he was just- Sam needs it for sure. Yeah. So, you know, but guess what? Speedy Luke will never be 220. Nor do I ever want him being too. Nor will Michael Luke. Uh, well, good for you, Mike. Some of us have been 220 and plus for quite a while. <laughs> but um, the fact is, yeah, guy Jonah Coleman has the build that he can carry 220 and be just fine. Other guys don't. But other guys have the build where they can carry 165 and look like a, a brick blank house. And other guys at 165 <laughs> look like they haven't eaten in a month. So that's all I want. That's all I want. Get on my soapbox. But yeah. Um, we should actually should probably at some point get uh, the Minnesota fan Scott on here since I believe he is a personal, a personal trainer. trainer. And he probably knows a lot about that. But that always annoys me. You're like, well, they're both 180. Why is one not playing? Because one guy's carrying 180 of pure muscle and the other guy's probably carrying a little baby fat. And he probably needs to play at 195. So All that right. being so- said, I really want to see Kevin Jr., uh, Kevin Green Jr. more in the, in the offense next year because they didn't go deep enough in that wide receiver rotation. The three they had, unbelievable. But I'd like to see them go five or six deep and really spread the ball around. All right. So if you want to get stronger, if you want to get uh, or or you want to get bigger or put on weight, Tap and Bottle can probably help you out with this. All right. We Tap and Bottle watch parties. Uh, Brad and Brad and Tyler have been to many of these. Excuse me. Shu has been to these as well. We're going to be starting these up for basketball as well. Come check it out. Scott and Rebecca do a great job. Four peaks on tap or not on tap, but down there as well. But it's a good time. It's fun to go yell at the screen and watch TV with some other of uh, with some other people. Scott Schl- Scott Schlittenhart says more of a PE teacher these days. Fair enough. But again, check it out. Tap and bottle watch parties. Also, PHNX. Now, I'm not saying code word PHNX right here, but you've got all kinds of Black Friday deals going on right now. Um, up to 90% off all kinds of different gear, paraphernalia, you name it. It can be on there. Check out the website. Check out on Twitter. There's all links to all kinds of different stuff. 
But again, this is a good time to buy PHNX stuff. If you are so inclined, I actually have that shirt next to the Chris Paul shirt right there. So if you want to be like me and get the one on the left, but again, check it out. Black Friday, PHNX, check out on the website or on Twitter. Okay, so Arizona now is at, uh, Arizona finishes the year with five wins. I am, I consider this overall a good season for Arizona football, considering everything going into it. We've dealt with a lot of two and three wins, one and two win seasons, zero win seasons, heck, um, even, uh, you know, 70 to seven. (laughs) But um, I, I shoot five wins. I don't really care how you got there. To me, that's, that's big time improvement. I think Jed Fish did overall a solid job this year. Yeah, absolutely. That's the case. And, uh, you know, Arizona fans clearly look forward to where this is going. They've dealt with bad football for a long time, and it appears that Arizona is making steps to move in uh, a better, more competitive direction. Last year, they were the worst team in a 12-team conference. This year, they were what? The eighth worst team? Right. You know, they were probably eighth. You know, Colorado was awful. ASU's not as good. Stanford's arguably not as good, probably more than arguably not as good. And then you get to Cal and Arizona and, you know, Cal beat Arizona head up. So uh, you're at, let's say, eight. Now, next year, you're trying to uh, break into that middle group, which which makes you bowl eligible. Now, uh, and, and I think Arizona has an opportunity to get there. They also did that in a season that one to seven is possibly as good in this conference as we can recall in quite some time. I think depending on, you know, if you want to say that USC is number one and Washington State or Oregon State is seven, that's a pretty good seven that you could probably favorably stack up against anybody else in the country at that spot. So Arizona improved in a season where the conference as a whole, I think, had some real top-heavy teams uh, that performed very well. There was a lot of, I think, what, you know, generally speaking, there, there, there was a lot of eight or more win talent in this league. And Arizona had to play a lot of it and went through a gauntlet that was very difficult and uh, still managed to be competitive for as much as it could. And and, and all things considered, uh, you, you know, got got to that five-win threshold. You look back, you know, there's always, you know, we talked about this when it happened. You look back at the Cal game as an opportunity lost, but they made it up uh, with uh, UCLA. Had they been able to get Cal, you know, maybe you're talking about a team that's actually going to go to a bowl game, which is an outstanding accomplishment in the second season. But even if you branch out a little bit nationally, I remember, I think halfway through the season, there were a lot of folks who were talking about how, you know, you can you can make adjustments and make improvements fast. Look at Kansas, for example, and some other bad football programs that have that had made leaps at the time. I think Kansas was five and one. Well, Kansas had some more difficult teams and, you know, had a good year. But uh, one of Kansas, like Arizona, was one of those teams that had a year where you can see that they're the the trajectory to be competitive is there, but they're still not at the point where they're able to consistently knock off legitimate competition. Right, right, right. And 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 that is what year three and year four holds for Arizona. Trying to get they've they've improved from being the week off, which Colorado was this year, uh, and which they were last year. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. The week to, off. It's an extra bye week. <laughs> all right, to being a team that 
you're probably going to get a W with if you've got bowl talent. But now, next year, Arizona should have bowl talent, and and they should be they should add to the competitive level of what is a very balanced league. You know, Mike, we had sometimes over the summer in July when we're doing this, you ask a lot of the same questions when you rephrase them. And that that's, that's really good July radio. Um, Correct. But we had, a Brad, similar, you know what I'm doing and I give you credit for it. No, but we had a similar refrain. What do you want to see out of this team? And I said, I wanted to go into the Washington state game with a chance to play for bulls. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to take a, a sweep down the end. Now they didn't get, that's what they got. Now in, in hindsight, I thought the defense would be better. I thought the offense would be slightly worse. Um, but in reality, they're about where I kind of hope they'd be. You know, they weren't right. quite as good as I wished they'd be. And that was six or seven wins. But if you told me five with a win over ASU with one of those upsets in the middle, and again, the Cal game is disappointing, um, but not that disappointing. It's disappointing how they lost to Cal more than that they lost to Cal. The Cal kind of blew them out in the second half. Um, but to me, this is the positive trajectory. This is what you want to see. Now, I, do I still have questions? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not. I think if you're in Lawrence, Kansas right now, you are 100% sold on Lance Leopold, and you're just hoping you can keep him. Uh, I think the best news for them is that I think Matt Rule is going to be the coach of Nebraska by more. Which, by the way, that is an awesome hire. That's the best case scenario for Nebraska because if Nebraska had gotten this one wrong, Nebraska football was never going to be Nebraska football again. That being said, Lance Leopold also inherited a better situation. Les Miles left him some talent. Um, but we can now say that Jed Fish is not a bad hire. Now he may not be the guy, you know, he may five, six wins may be his, his cap. And in five years, three, four years, we might be doing this all over again. But the good news is I don't think they regress to two wins next year. Um, I think he's going to continue to, you know, mine what he's been able to mine. And he's been very good. Though not 100%. His his record in the transfer portal is a lot like uh, Dick Tomey was in the, the junior college. He, he, he hits more than he misses. Uh, now he's going to have to hit. He's probably going to have to find a lineman. He's probably going to have to go find five deep, four or five defensive starters. Um, you know, I'd like to see them finish out their uh, recruiting class with some more four-star type guys or high three-stars. The class is still a little little weak for my right. taste. Um, but being able to sign, I think they can sign more than 25 this year yeah. based upon the new rules. So, you know what? You can load up on linebackers and in hope you can get those four-star guys closer to signing day. Um, but that's, yeah, that's where we're at now. It's now taking the next step. And if they're not in a bowl game and it can be a low tier, you know, it can be the Carson Daly California Bowl or whatever it is, or the I don't uh, care what it is. I don't care. Six wins. I don't care if you're playing in some weed eater bowl or some bar and grill that doesn't exist on the West Coast. I'm fine. Six wins next year, seven wins, but you need to see it and you need to see them continue to evolve. And he has to have, and he's won both his off seasons. He needs to win another off season. Um, because you know what? It'll be interesting to see what ASU does. I still think it's going to end up being Dilly, Dillingham. Um, I've called that since. Do we call him Dilly? Do we get to call him Dilly? I'm going to call. Sure. Let, Hold on. We're, we're going to add Jacob Franklin to this. Hold on. Hold on, um, Jacob. And if it's Jim Mora, eh, okay. Um, 
But the fact is, yeah, Arizona has a chance to to kind of climb and build. You know, Colorado's going to be down for a couple years. Um, you know, granted, maybe Arizona needs to look more at Texas Tech and and what Oklahoma State is doing by the time the smoke clears. But uh, you know, this has been by by most accounts a very successful season. I'm pleased with what I saw, and now I need to see a little bit more. All right, guys. We're signing off here. Arizona wins the Territorial Cup. The A was properly backed. Five wins on the season right here. Um, I'm going to tell you a really quick story. So a guy uh, texted me, saw Jacob Franklin, the good our good friend Jacob Franklin, sending out some tweets trying to poke Arizona a little bit, to which I in the, the tweet or the uh, message was, Mike, handle this. To which I said, no, that is Jacob Franklin. If I handle this with Jacob Franklin, I might never be able to get back on again because of the technological issues that I possess. So you know what, Jacob Franklin, I am supporting you over going after ASU. Look at it that way, my friend. You got to remember, every great dragon slayer, Mike Luke, <laughs> yes. needs a dragon. And if Jacob Franklin's your dragon, right. no, every exactly. great hero He's needs good. a heel. Every great baby face needs a heel. Shoe. You want one of those analogies No, I was... I was on board. I was waiting where that was going. Uh, you know, Every chief seen, needs a shaman. Having seen my share of dragons, uh, especially when I was trying to move stones with Stonehenge. Holy crap, they were. Know, that, could be, that could be problematic. <laughs> yeah, really good. It really was. All right. All right, guys. Awesome football season. You guys are obviously sticking with me for basketball, but really appreciate you. John Schuster, as all. I almost said John, which sounded gross. Um, but uh, a shoe. Uh, Brad, obviously really appreciate both of you. You too, Jacob Franklin. And everybody out there, all the comments, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Appreciate all of you. We will be back with you. We got basketball coming up here shortly. But again, for uh, John Schuster, Brad Alice, Jacob Franklin, I'm Mike Luke. We're signing off. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame show. Code word PHNX.